Warning, this podcast contains exclusive, intrusive, and idiosyncratic details from two people's brains. One brilliant, one not so brilliant. Enter with caution as Fish and Chip present Why. Presented by Fish and Chip. Dan Fish over there, Chip Daily, right here. Hello, Dan. Hey Chip, what's up? Oh, we got we have some news to break. You don't say. I say oops, dropping stuff. So so flustered and dropping. Dropping stuff. Uh yes, our Y podcast will be switching to Tuesdays starting now when you're listening. You're gonna probably see this and be like, wait. This isn't Thursday. It's Tuesday. They didn't tell us anything. Yeah, we're bad at planning stuff in advance. So here we are. We are planning to get to 10 episodes of Y and then calling it a season. So this is episode seven. So three more after this. We'll be airing on Tuesdays, which will bring us to the end of September. If you're Correct. listening live. On the flip side, we are bringing back our sports podcast, but just gonna do football limited limited podcast yeah limited 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 sports podcast basically just football just football for the football season we'll talk upcoming games plus previous games plus we'll make our survivor picks of the week we did that last year it was a fun competition i felt like it was almost a a necessity necessity to uh do the survivor league again this year and it just didn't feel right to be making survivor picks on a why podcast yes. that isn't time sensitive. So uh, we needed to have like a short episode. I don't know. We, we don't even know what the format of this new uh, no. or this sports thing is going to be. We're going to talk what happened last week, what we think is going to happen this week, make a survivor pick, maybe have some fantasy news. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'll come out on Thursdays or Fridays. We might mention some other his, like relevant things going on in the news if there's something super pressing, but I would say 99% of it's going to be football talk. Yes, I think, that's, I think that's the way we're going. So if you're listening to why and you like sports, check out another podcast. If you don't like sports, then uh, just ignore it and just know you only have three, four. Well, this is the fourth. Four more episodes if you count this one left of why. Wait, then, are we gonna are we gonna bring back the game game time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If we do, then obviously pay attention to the sports podcast too, because the last segment will be game time. If there yeah, is, I mean, maybe we will. <clears throat> I don't know. I have some games that I want to do based on some of our why topics. Yeah, that I think would be fun. So maybe we'll have a couple of them maybe here and there. Throw them in peppermint. Pepper. Pepper was in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, or we just uh, make a whole another spinoff called Why Games. Why Games? And we play based on every topic we come up with a game. Call it Games. <laughs> games. <laughs> All right. Another tangent. Let's just move on. As yes, as you are uh, finding out, we do not plan stuff <laughs> well. We're coming up with it right now. This is yeah, on the fly, on recording. Oh uh, yes. Anyway, as you said, let's get to our our episode. Why number seven? Hey, Dan, have you ever wondered something about driving? Um, not really. Big question. You ever wonder why we in America drive on the right-hand side and other countries drive on the left? 
Um, I mean, I've noticed that. I don't really care why, but I'm going to find out, right? 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 You're going to find out. I have, as usual with my questions, I have the history of this. Well, I'm sure it's very interesting. It's going to be complex. It's rather interesting. Yes. So as you kind of said, you never really cared why. And I remember asking my mom as a child when I was riding with her, I said, Mom, how do you know what side to drive on? She said, we always drive on the right side. And I just accepted it and never really cared. Like you said, we don't really care. We just do it. But why? Here's some numbers. Currently, 68 countries, 76 total with the territories. Out of a total of 195, so 68 out of 195, drive on the left-hand side, which is roughly 35% of countries. These countries include about 30% of the total population. So why does the majority use the right side? Well, a third, roughly, uses the left. We're going to history.com, the history channel.com. They say there's archaeological archaeological <laughs> evidence that ancient Romans may have driven their carts and chariots on the left-hand side, but they're unsure of the reason why that began. There are a few strong theories, though. One of the strongest is a majority of people are right-handed. I believe the numbers now is like 85 to 90% of people are right-handed. So walking slash traveling on the left side would allow their dominant side to be at the ready as they pass by people, such as if they were to wield a weapon, if someone was coming at them, they would want to walk to the left of that person. Or if they're just like, you know, motioning hello, usually wave with their right hand. Or they could high five. Is that how they used to do the, uh, the uh, what is it, jousting with the horses, you know? Did yes. they ride on the left with the weapon on the right? Yeah, I think yes. that's how it was. Uh-huh. That would make sense. That. Yes. Although I feel like, did you ever watch the movie The Knight's Tale? Uh, is it the one with uh, Heath Ledger? Yeah. Or some guy like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Didn't they... They rode on the right side of that movie, didn't they? I want to say no, because that was actually the movie I was envisioning when I, oh. <laughs> when I brought that up. For some reason, I have a memory that they rode on the right side and crossed. Maybe they did cross-stuck each other. Cross-stuck. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just misremembering back to one of your, your first. Cross-stuck. Cross yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, I see a picture. Yeah, they went across their body, which I don't know if that was actually accurate. It doesn't seem like that would make sense. I'll dive in. You just keep going. All right. We're going to lose Dan for a while. All right. So, yes, they went on the left side, mostly for right-hand dominance. This also goes into a theory of Roman soldiers, as I mentioned, wielding their swords with the right hand, their dominant hand, and therefore would steer their horse or chariot with their left hand. There's another theory, according to Daniel Martinius, Martinus of Mashable, Southeast Asia is that it is much easier to mount a horse from the horse's left side. And as a result, the riders prefer to travel on the left side so they can mount and dismount away from the middle of the road where the traffic was. This tendency was believed to travel all around Europe, beginning from the Romans. Then back to history.com, they add that as traffic was so light, I mean, people rode horses, that was kind of it. Chariots, maybe. But it wasn't until about the 1700s that are later in the 1700s that traffic began to pick up and in the 1700s the decision to go on the left or right side was kind of up to the local uh, area so like whatever town you went in you might need to switch sides 
However, in 1773, Britain formally passed a law stating the left side of the road is the official side to travel on. Meanwhile, France at the same time was like, we're going to prefer the right side. So they chose the right Leave side. Leave it to France. Leave it to France. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> France wanted the right. UK wanted the left. I have an answer for our previous question. All right. What is it? Nice Jousting is done. Cross, cross stuck. Cross sticking. Yes. Everybody rides on the right. Sticks across. I think that has to do with if you rode and you held it in your right hand, you were on the left side, you're just going to ramrod each other. <laughs> you're not going to miss so they have to like go across body and be able to time up their thrust and their okay. jousting so that's otherwise right. otherwise you probably just are both going to die <laughs> impale yes. each other yeah. <laughs> so the, all right back to france they wanted the right side there's a theory it's it might be more of a myth than proven but i found it a few times there's a theory that french emperor napoleon bonaparte a.k.a. a lot of people just referred to him as Napoleon, was left-handed. And since he was left-handed, it is believed he would travel on the right side for battles, so his dominant hand could wield a weapon in his left hand. The theory is that his presence being on the opposite side was very intimidating. So this is why France was like, all right, let's, let's follow our leader and go on the right side. And then as these two nations, you know, they're kind of some major colonizers. England, France, they kind of went around made their way to North America, Australia, and the likes. They brought many of their beliefs with them, including which side of the road to travel on. Which is why places that were British colonies still use the left side, like Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, South Africa, and India. But, you know, if you're American, you're like, wait, the English came here, so why are we driving the right? Why is America driving the right? Canada, too. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, well, I have three sources that say it is believed that in the 1800s, America switched from the left to the right because of the rise of freight wagons. These are large wagons that would have multiple horses and multiple rows, maybe like two and two, maybe three, three rows of two. And these wagons did not have a driver seat. So there wasn't any spot for the driver to sit. So these drivers then uh, started sitting on the rear left horse. So if they're looking ahead, they'd be on the back left. So they could see all the horses in front of them and control like the reins or whip if they wanted to with their dominant hand, which was usually right. So they sat on the back left. And then while doing this, they could also uh, monitor other horses. And as more traffic developed, they wanted to sit on the inside so they could see oncoming traffic. So they naturally moved right so they could pass each other. Like, so the two people would be side by side as they passed. That's the theory I had on it going into it is okay. whatever side of the vehicle you're sitting on, you want that closest to the center because yes. that way you don't overlap with you somebody as over. you're crossing them. Yeah. So that's kind of how it began to really take off. With. Well, and the other point I was going to make is, uh, sorry to interrupt again, because nope. I'm bad at that, but the people or the countries that drive on the left side of the road normally have the steering wheels on the right. Yes. You know, so it's so always on the center. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But the, I guess the big reason why it's right-handed or driving on the right side is dominant is mostly because of these freight wagons in the 1800s. And then Henry Ford, <laughs> which I'll get to now. The first Model T's had the steering wheels placed on the left side, much like 
the idea of these horse freights where the driver was on the left side. Henry Ford's creation had the driver on the left side, and therefore people, like you said, wanted to be towards the middle of the line so they wouldn't cross it over and they could monitor oncoming traffic ahead of them. And I guess the rest is history. We have stayed on the right. I feel like I was building up to something, but there was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing more. <laughs> I do have some bonus things that are fun. Oh, yeah. I like to add those. Sorry for the <laughs> anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Model T's, man. They ruined everything. Terrible car. Terrible. All right. So here's some bonus stuff. These days, many countries that have started on the left side have switched to the right side, except for the ones I listed earlier, the UK influenced ones. Some of the major ones to have switched are Canada. So they had French influence, like in Quebec. And if you remember, I said France originally was on the right side, but uh, Canada also has English influence. So for a long time, most of Canada drove on the left and Quebec and stuff was on the right. But then in the 1920s, to better travel with the U.S., they officially switched to the right side. So yeah, I was, was going to say, isn't everywhere in North America like right side? Yep. Now it is. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. So that was just, I mean, 100 years ago, just switched over. And in 1967, Sweden spent $120 million to prepare its citizens to drive on the right. So I assume they were driving on the left and they're like, no, this doesn't work. We'll switch over. And then the most recent country I could find that switched was in 2009, Samoa. Switched from left to right. So, I mean, there's not... Where where is that country? I'm sorry. I I should know this. I'm a Uh, good geographical guy, but... I think, isn't that the U.S. territory? No, that's American (laughs) Samoa. Is that the same thing? Mm -hmm. Let's see. It's a Polynesian island. Okay. It is east-ish of Fiji a long ways. Very, very far south. Uh, Hawaii. West of Bora gotcha. Bora. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was. One, I was. That's what I thought. But I was. I didn't want to sound dumb. I, I just wanted to know. Sorry. It's uh, all good. So, yeah. Everybody we, learns something. Everybody learns. There's really not. Like, you can't really say one side is better. However, right side is definitely more popular. I will say that it, it one side is better than the other compared to what side the steering wheel is on. <laughs> well, yes, that. <laughs> Just tell me what side the steering wheel is on. I'll tell you what side is better. <laughs> yeah, but but overall, I mean, it's kind of just whatever these countries wanted. Basically, it's just England and their rule have made countries go left-sided. Another fun fact, Hong Kong kind of i mean there's a whole issue going on hong kong drives on the left side but the rest of china drives on the right they're uh, hong kong even like part of china anymore uh well there's that huge kind of fight thing going on for it right now aren't they like technically a republic yeah hong kong is independent right now but china's trying to get them back interesting i noticed that in the olympics i'm like that's weird Yeah, there was some. I read about it when there was all this protesting happening that China let Hong Kong do its thing, but there was a deal in place that they've come back to China at some point, which is now, and now Hong Kong doesn't want to. 
because they have. I mean, grass was greener. Yeah, they're doing well by themselves. So anyway, Hong Kong draws on the left side. The rest of China draws on the right. So they have these very fancy bridges between mainland China and Hong Kong, or roads. Oh boy, that I can imagine. Almost like a figure eight that just keeps going, or they swap <laughs> sides as you enter the opposite country. That's nuts. Yes. There's that fun fact. Another fun fact. Fun. Lots of fun tangents in there too, as always. Yeah, I. Oh man, I actually feel bad that I was like, I really thought I had more notes, but I didn't. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh wait, this is the end. Oh, don't worry, I got plenty for segment segi two. Segi two. Uh, it might get long winded. Right. Would wouldn't you imagine with Dan Fish over here? I do. Imagine. All right, Fish and Chip Podcast. Why segment two? Why next? Had an interesting one come to mind here, Chippy Boy. I'm I'm intrigued. What is it? How interesting. I the other night I went to sleep. Yes. I believe this is on like eh, Sunday night, I think. Well, whatever day. It was it was a few days ago. Anyway, had a very upsetting dream over the course of the night. Made me wonder upsetting. why do we dream? chip mm. why why is that a thing why don't we just go to sleep and just see blackness and then wake up and wake up it's good good question well i have answers i want to hear them from an article written by james roland in august of 2017 medically reviewed by deborah sullivan phd msn rn cne coi lots of titles a lot of, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> letters there yeah. <laughs> Dreams are hallucinations that occur during certain stages of sleep. They're strongest during REM sleep or rapid eye movement stage when you may be less likely to recall your dreams. Much is known about the role of sleep in regulating metabolism, blood pressure, brain function, and other aspects of health, but it's been harder to uh, explain for researchers the role that dreams have. When you're awake, your thoughts have a certain logic to them. When you sleep, your brain is still active, but your thoughts or dreams often make little or no sense. Am I am I describing you, Chip? Maybe? My dreams? Yeah. Yes. Do they make no sense? <laughs> A lot of times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this may be because the emotional centers of the brain trigger dreams rather than the logical regions. Though there's no definitive proof, dreams are usually autobiographically based on your recent activities, conversations. Or other issues, issues in your life. However, there are some popular theories for the role of dreams. We're going to get into that. So as for why do we dream, we know how it happens. It happens during our REM cycle, which is a rapid eye movement cycle. And if you're not familiar for how your sleep cycle begins, uh, there's basically four stages of sleep. And we... Uh, we go through these four stages multiple, multiple times over the course of the night is how I would describe it. The first stage can, of sleep is actually not before you quite fall asleep, but it's when you like your body is ready to rest, but your eyes can still like be open and you can still be like observing the things around you. Like when you're sitting on the couch and the person and like all of a sudden you can almost like feel your like throat relax and you almost feel like you could start snoring while your eyes are open and you're watching TV and the guy next to you is like, Hey, go to bed. You're freaking tired. You know, (laughs) 
or whoever's next to you. <clears throat> anyway, that's your first stage. And stage two is like, like turning all of your muscles and everything off in your body. And stage three is like deep sleep. And then stage four is your REM, which is rapid eye movement cycle where all of your muscles shut down. Experts believe that the brainstem generates REM sleep and the forebrain, the frontal part of your brain, generates dreams. Because the brainstem, they know this because if the brainstem is injured, patients dream, but don't ever go into their REM cycle. Mm. And if the forebrain is injured in a patient, they go into REM sleep, but they don't ever dream. That's unfortunate. But, which is, <laughs> but it's, it's weird that we know that. So we know what parts of our brain, as far as brainstem or brain controls dreams and which ones control our sleep cycles. So if you never actually go into REM sleep, you're probably not getting quality rest, which is other types of sleep um, disorders or whatever. So these are the things that happen during your REM cycle. You lose your muscle tone so that you don't act out your dreams and hurt yourself. Uh, except for sleepwalkers, obviously. <laughs> you, can, you can't regu regulate your temperature by sweating or shivering. So your body temperatures drift towards the temperature of your room. Um, from my understanding is we don't necessarily spend a whole lot of time in REM, but like we will go into REM multiple times over the course of the night. Also happens during REM is your breathing and heart rate become irregular. So if you have sleep apnea, it is more prominent during your REM cycle. I can attest to that because I have that. And the last thing is your pupils constrict, possibly serving to protect your eyes in case uh, if you have a sudden exposure to light. Like if you're in a dark room and somebody flips a bright light on you, your pupils, pupils are already constricted. So they don't take a whole lot of that bright light in. It's interesting that yeah. your brain does all this stuff for you when you're completely unconscious, basically. So why do dreams seem bizarre? Chip, here's why. It has to do with neurotransmitter or brain chemicals. Some more pronounced while others are suppressed during REM sleep, acetylcholine, which maintains brain activation, is more prominent, as well as dopamine, which some researchers link to hallucinations. And dopamine may help give dreams their surreal quality then. So these are types of uh, brain chemicals or neurotransmitters that get amped up during REM cycle. <clears throat> And the relationship between space and time also changes when we dream. Time may seem to last forever or pass by really quickly. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. I, yeah. In school. <laughs> Takes forever. Meanwhile, REM sleep suppresses the neurotransmitters that usually keep us awake, like histamine, serotonin, or norepinephrine. Thus, we lack our consciousness of our environment. Uh, some researchers suspect that the thalamus is the gateway for sensory input. It closes when we dream. So basically, the parts of the brain that make things rational for us tend to calm down or relax when we sleep. And things that can make us have, for instance, like our imagination or make us hallucinate, stuff like that comes to the forefront of our brain and causes our dreams mm. to be kind of messed up. Like the other night when I had a dream that somebody killed me, <laughs> right? That's uh, messed up. I would say a little messed up. Yeah. Out of the blue. Once I've seen it coming, 
All right. So is dreaming good for you? That's where the jury is out. The prevailing theory is that dreaming helps us with priming our ability to respond in a certain way. But some experts disagree and don't have detailed knowledge about how this happens. So basically we understand, we have a very good understanding of like why we dream as far as like what parts of the brain affect it, what like chemicals or neurotransmitters control our dreams. So we understand like why it happens, but we don't understand like what the purpose behind it is per se. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So do dreams mean anything? This is the last question here. Um, That's up for debate. In the 1950s, Freud introduced dream interpretation, but we have never been able to substantiate his claims. We do know that people with post-traumatic stress disorder are more likely to have nightmares. So dreaming can accompany psychiatric conditions. Yet normal people have nightmares too. So opinions are divided on this. I think that would just be like an example of certain conditions make you more likely in a situation to have a nightmare. You know what I'm saying? So like PTSD people are more likely to have nightmares than regular dreams. But like I described earlier, people with a brain injury that affects the frontal part of your brain don't ever have dreams, but they enter the REM cycle. Whereas if you damage your brainstem, you dream, but you never enter your REM cycle. So strange. Yeah. It's weird that the brain, like different parts of the brain have just like different control over every other part of your body, you know? Uh-huh. Okay. So there's other theories that I found that are why we dream other than how I just described it to you. There's one theory that contends that dreams are a result of our brains trying to interpret external stimuli, which could be, for instance, when you are asleep and all of a sudden you hear a dog barking outside or you hear music in the background or you hear a baby crying next, like next door. You, your dreams may be influenced by what you are hearing outside your body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like if you go to sleep with music on, you might, for instance, dream about going to a concert or, you know, playing music yourself or something like that. Or like you hear a dog barking and there might be a dog barking in your dream all of a sudden. So that's one theory about why we dream because we hear stuff and that causes us to enter a dream state. Another theory uses a computer metaphor to account for dreams, noting that dreams serve to clean up the clutter from our mind, refreshing our brain for the next day. So basically, like if you go to bed worrying about like a couple different things that you know you have to get done or a couple different things that worry you that happened the day before, like your brain sorts through those and like comes to a resolution. So when you wake up, you're refreshed and ready to go and over that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it sounds sounds like we're not even in charge of our own bodies. No, I think aliens are taking us over at night and they're sucking (laughs) on our brains. brains. I have had a dream before, like where I know the next day I have a huge day of like work to do and I have this, 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 this to do. And I literally go to bed and I dream about doing all of those things in order and like literally do my whole day's work in my sleep and then wake up and have to still do it. That's like the most torturous thing in, in the it world. Sounds, yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds awful because you just dreamt about doing all this and you thought you did. And then when you wake up and you have to do all. <laughs> and like, oh, I didn't do any of it. 
but that's what this uh clean up the clutter of your mind like trying to get all these thoughts out of your mind work through them and then doesn't that seem very helpful but if it was as long as your brain's refreshed the next day and more relaxed probably guess, yeah. causes less stress on your body I don't know. There's another theory called the reverse learning theory suggests that we dream to forget our brains have thousands of neural connections between memories, way too many to remember them all. And that dreaming is a part of pruning, like pruning off a tree branch, cutting it off and pruning those connections is what our dreams are basically doing is the comparison here. So like there's memories that you have that just have absolutely no like meaning or like relevance or like importance staying in your brain. So like you dream about it to cut that thing off. That's a theory. Strange. So that you can forget something basically, (laughs) which is weird. Uh, And then the last, uh, another theory, the last theory that I found alternate to what I described in the continual activation theory we dream to keep the brain active while we sleep in order to keep it functioning properly. So like these, this, uh, belief is that our body tends to shut down like as i described in rem you know you lose your muscle tone can't regulate your temperature your breathing and heart rate become irregular your pupils constrict um basically your body shuts down to rest and recover so the continual activation theory is that dreams keep us keep our brain functioning so we don't just go brain dead <laughs> sleep, is how i would interpret that so that's, you know, that's interesting. What that sounds like yes so yeah it sounds like dreaming most likely happens when we are in REM sleep which is rapid eye movement which is when our brain shuts all the other parts of our body down basically so we can't like act out a dream you know yeah unless you have a disorder and uh yeah i mean as far as technically why we have certain dreams is up in the air, but as far as why we dream, it just sounds like the brain has a mind of its own <laughs> and yeah, you don't really have control over it. There is, there is a state of dreaming that's called lucid dreaming where oh, people can yes. like completely control what they are doing. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Me neither. So I have a really hard time talking on that. I didn't want to get into something I didn't necessarily know how to explain. So I did read a little on it, but I didn't want to bring that up with this yeah, conversation. I've heard about that too. And you can kind of control your dreams then. Mm-hmm. Fascinating yeah. stuff. You can completely dictate like what everybody in your dream is doing. Yeah. You know, like if you want to sprout wings and fly, you just sprout wings and fly. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. That, that is uh, why we dream. I don't know if it necessarily answered that question, but it told you uh, how it happened at least. Yes. Very nice. What controls everything. <laughs> I guess as far as why we dream, we just do. <laughs> just do. Another one of those things. You just do it because we do it. Do it to it. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, another week. Another why. Fish and chip I podcast. Like I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're on Twitter at Fish and Pod. Remember, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Machine, Amazon, most places your podcast. Tune in each week. Remember, going forward now, why we'll be airing on Tuesdays. Football, Thursdays, because we want to be airing before the Thursday night games. We don't want to be cliche football Friday, guys. Football Friday on Thursday. Boop, boop. 
So uh, stay tuned to that. Hope you guys are enjoying it out there. Remember, hit us up on the Twitterverse or wherever you can contact us that you might find ways to do. I don't know. Yes. Let us know if you've got a topic in mind. Remember, there's only three more episodes three of more. season one of Why. So yeah. enjoy them while you can. Try. We'll be back seven days from now. Bye, Chip. Bye, Dan. Why, Chip? <laughs>